So you guys are watching the Sasha, you're listening to the Sasha Marina Show, the podcast, and today we're doing the That's the Movie podcast. Okay. And I'm usually the one, you know, Sasha usually the host, and I'm usually talking, just giving up the news. So what we do here is that I tell you what's what's the news for Hollywood, what's what's coming up in movies and sometimes even TV shows, and I let you know, and then I give you my opinion on them. And you guys can call in and stuff and try and get your opinions in and see what you what you think about some of So, I guess first off, let's just start with the news, you know? Uh, first of the news is that Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper, the uh, he started The Hangover. He was in Limitless. Actually, he's producing a TV show based on Limitless, uh, which is a bit interesting, you know? It's, uh, Limitless was, uh, was a sort of sci-fi drama thriller. Um, he, he, played a, he played a character who was a struggling uh, writer, and he decided to take non-FDA-approved medical drug that allowed him to use of his brain capacity, and it made him much smarter and allowed him to finish writing his book and make it an excellent piece of literature. So they're turning this into a TV show, and he's one of the producers, along with one of the, produ- of the producer of the movie. So... I'm pretty interested to see this because it, I did like the movie. I do like Bradley Cooper. I know he's not going to be, uh, he's probably not going to star in it. But um, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting idea, the whole being able to use 100% of your brain capacity, which is great. And, you know, I can't, I can't wait to see this actually be made into a TV show. So I'm pretty excited for that. So anyways, next bit of news is that uh, another, it's more casting news. It's actually Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm not sure if most of you know who she is, but she played Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3 before the reboot. She was in uh, Twilight, apparently, as well. And she was in 50-50 and The Help. She even starred in Village, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. But she has been casted for the movie Jurassic World, for the upcoming Jurassic Park movie. I, they haven't really said what role she's going to play. But she's, you know, she's in the movie, and I like her. I mean, I haven't seen her in a lot, and I wouldn't mind seeing her in this movie. I mean, Jurassic World is mostly going to be about the dinosaurs. It's not going to be about the people. You know, the cool thing about the dinosaurs, people trying to survive them and stuff, but I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing her in the movie. So the next bit of news is actually more casting news. This week's a lot of casting news. It's actually um, for the movie The Giver. Anybody read the book The Giver? This is being adapted from that movie. And this movie actually has two new uh, actors that have been casted into this. I think one of them I can't even count as an actress. But either way, first bit is Katie Holmes. Now, everybody know Katie Holmes. She's been casted into this movie. You know, She does, uh, I think she was in Are You Afraid of Dark? Something like that. I think she was in that movie. And I know she was in, I think she was in the first Batman as well. Yeah, I think that was her. She was in Batman Begins. And anyway, she's been casted to play the parents of Jonas, which is uh, one of the main, is the main character in the book. In the book, it's The Giver and Jonas. And The Giver has already been casted. It's being, he's being played by Jeff Bridges, which is a pretty awesome thing. And uh, one of the mentors, who's is the next to the casting, is Taylor Swift. Uh, I don't, I don't feel too happy about this. I mean, 
she's not really an actress. And the movies she has been in are just really just, I, I don't know, it was pointless. She didn't do anything good in it. And for a movie like this, which is obviously going to be nominated for some Oscars, I don't know why she's in it. I really don't know why she was even casted. They probably did it to appeal to the tweens and the girls who actually like him because this book is, this book is uh, like assigned to most kids in around junior high or ninth grade around that around that era. So I guess they just brought Taylor Swift in just so they can get people to you know watch the movie. Younger kids. I still don't think it was a good idea. I mean, you wanted to cast a young up-and-coming actress, you could have just done that with Jennifer Lawrence. She's already, like, you know, she already has a huge following She's like our age and stuff, teenagers and tweens and stuff like that are obsessed with her. So you should have just cast her. But anyways, more news is actually about Jennifer Lawrence and more casting news. So everybody knows that the Dumb and Dumber 2 is uh, the sequel. The Dumb and Dumber sequel is being worked on right now. And um, anyways, it's uh, it's being worked on right now, and she's been she's been casted to play just to have a cameo in the movie. That's it, just have a cameo. But oh, I don't know, it's pretty cool, I guess. I mean, cameo. I would have liked her to be in it more, but that's because I like Jennifer Lawrence. But I I I, I guess I'm fine with just you know. Uh, Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey carrying the whole movie because they're fantastic. I don't really care if Jennifer Lawrence is in it as a main character or a cameo, but it's just cool to have her in it, I guess. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to this movie just to see if it can actually happen because there was so much trouble before Jim Carrey didn't want to do it and Jeff Daniels didn't want to do it. Then he wanted to do it and they all wanted to do it. And now they're finally filming the movie and there's pictures coming out. And it's cool. I'm, I'm happy to see that it's finally on its way. I really like the first movie. I don't know why. I, I liked it. Uh, Sasha, can you hear me? I think Sasha's back. Yes, yes, I'm here. I don't know what was going on, but okay. Yeah. So I kind of missed that first week. part with Jennifer Lawrence and stuff. Oh, the Jennifer Lawrence is uh, a cameo, is, is set to cameo in the next Dumb and Dumber movie. She's just going to have, you know, a cameo, a little, like, two, maybe yeah. a minute thing. She shows up, and she's just a minor character. Yeah. Kind of like so, uh, yeah, is, Rihanna and This Is The End, like Rihanna's cameo. Yeah, like most of like all the actors in that movie. <laughs> like <laughs> like Michael Sarah was pretty much just a cameo, even though they put him as one of the stars. Well, I guess no, more like more like when uh, Kevin Hart was in the movie and and um, J- uh, Jason Jason Segel, all these actors were just cameoing in that movie. Uh-huh. But yeah, okay. that's what that Jennifer Lawrence has been. You know, it's gonna be a it's gonna get me on the movie, so that's pretty cool. Okay. And yeah, um, uh, you know, you know, I know this is old news. The whole Man of Steel movie. I actually finally had the opportunity to watch this film, and you know, it's something totally different than what I had expected. It kind of became like an alien invasion movie. It was a little that's crazy. That's that story. That story is what, that's usually the story you, you see with uh, Superman movies. That's in like an almost every single imagining of Superman films. That story has been told uh-huh. so many times in cinematic history that it's, 
it's getting kind of annoying because they can never. No, it, it kind of yeah. I told you, I was expecting yeah. So like you, you think of the Man of Steel, Superman, or whatever. But then like when the way that the director, who was the director for this film? Do you remember? Uh, Zack Snyder. He directed a uh, three hundred. Yeah. Okay, Zack Snyder. Snyder. Yeah. Okay, so this bro, this was like a total. It became like towards not even towards the middle, a little a little before the middle. It became like a total alien invasion movie. It's like I've seen this before a million times, and then Superman is stuck in this position where oh my god, now he's the alien and nobody wants him, and then they turn him over to the to these other aliens. I I felt like I've seen this movie before. And it didn't feel like a Superman movie, you know? Yeah. Well, so. I guess they, they wanted to do this because Superman is an overpowered superhero. I mean, yeah. he can't be killed, you know? Yeah, pretty much. And very few people know what his weakness is. So if they would have had him fighting everyday villains, they would have been like, oh, whatever, this is pretty boring. He's just punching a bunch of people in the face. And see, Superman doesn't like punching people because if he knows if he punches a human, he'll probably kill them. Mm-hmm. If he tries to get you like punching them. So I guess they needed they needed somebody who would would actually have a challenge for Superman. They needed General Zod in the movie. They needed somebody they needed Kryptonians and stuff who can actually stop Superman. So that was the whole point of that. And yeah, it's, well, and it's one of the most definitely... essential stories of Superman. Like it's one of the most yeah. it's like Stories people need more as much as they need his origin story. Everyone needs to know about that. It definitely it's like foreshadows. Uh huh. It definitely like foreshadows his whole like you know like his whole life before like even part of his childhood because in the movie there's like flashbacks of his childhood and his human parents and things like that. So it definitely tells you the whole story before he was the Superman. We know that he's working on the Daily Planet and he's undercover Clark Kent. So this movie was pretty much based all of all of off that, you know. But then I'm certainly it looks like there's going to be another, you know, another sequel to it. But I, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't. I know this is old news, but I just hadn't seen the movie and I finally got a chance to see it. And it's it's not what I had expected. I should say. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, I guess uh, next yeah next bit of news. Um, everybody knows Friday the 13th. That's a very uh, mm-hmm. very common horror story. You know, there's there's like 10 mm-hmm. movies already of that crap. But either way, the next sequel of Friday the 13th is uh, they're considering it to be found footage. Found footage, you know, like Paranormal Activity, Cloverfield, the Burwitch uh, mm-hmm. Project. That type of stuff. Mm, old, it's being okay. You know, to be used as like, you know, they're considering doing sound footage instead of the usual. You know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's already stupid that they're making more movies and they just don't really get any better. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I feel like sound footage was amazing when it first started. It was it, it was very good, and most people do it because they can do it with a very low budget. They can do sound footage with a very low budget and, t- and get a lot of mo- a lot of money out of it. Like you know, Paranormal Activity. Most of those movies had a budget of one million. One mm-hmm. million to, two, to three million, they made like two hundred something million dollars every with every release. Yeah, that tells you how much money they would get for all of that. And mm-hmm. unlike you know Cloverfield. Um, 
that movie was found footage, but they put so much effort into it that it they put the budget was probably as big as do as any other uh, movie if it wouldn't have been found footage. And it was actually at the time, it was very it, you know the Blair Witch Project already had come out years before, but it was for horror you know and Cloverfield wasn't wasn't really a horror movie, and it was nice that. It, it had like a fresh take in the usual sci-fi type genre, and it was pretty nice, and I liked it. I liked the whole sound footage thing, but now it's just been used so many times over and over and over again, and it's just terrible. It just it just gets worse and, how and worse. Efficient, how efficient do you think that technique is for a horror film? Because, you know, the Friday the 13th isn't suspense or a thriller. It's a horror film. Is that you think that technique is, is efficient enough for that? Do you think it would really give it that scary edge that that sort of movie needs? Well, the average audience doesn't really, you know, they they like they they as long as the movie has a jump scare and it gets them scared, they automatically think that this movie is a very scary movie. Uh-huh. But for me, looking at it, a movie is not scary unless it haunts you for like the rest of your life, unless you can't sleep. Or you have, or you start seeing the, the whatever was the, the main villain scary monster thing in the movie. If it doesn't yeah. scare you, <laughs> if it doesn't scare you, if it doesn't make you terrified to do certain things or to sleep with the lights off, then I don't think it was scary at all. I I needed I needed to be scary I needed to be scary without jump scares. Not I, I don't it doesn't have to like haunt my dreams and stuff. But if the movie makes me scared, like, on edge the whole time, expecting that something terrible is going to happen, and I'm scared to watch, to continue watching it, then that is that is a good movie. But I'm not, but not if it's, like, these cheap jump scares that it turns out to just be another character and not a villain, not the person trying to kill this guy. Like, mm-hmm. I was watching Your Next, and he did this so many times. Like, one of the main characters opens a door, and then when he's going to close it, very loud music cues in, like it's just like it's extremely loud, and then and then the guy screams, and he turns, and it's just his like dad or something standing at the door. He's like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" I'm like, they, that, yeah. "That movie was filled with that. That wasn't really scary at all. There was nothing terrifying about it." And I hate that because it's a very cheap trick, and it doesn't really it doesn't really scare anybody. It's stupid. I always thought it was a pointless thing. I, I don't even get scared with jump scares anymore because I'm so used to them and I can already pick out when the, when is going to be a jump scare and it just bothers me. I'm like, it doesn't really show that you have that much creative talent. I mean, if you're going to do horror, you have to think of ways you can scare your fellow human beings. But not by popping out of a corner and saying, boo. You need to have like, you, do you psychologically scare deep? the crap out of them. Well, I think that for a movie to really psychologically get into your head, it has to be a very, very well-written storyline and screenplay, you know, and really get in, like, you really literally have to get mind, you know, you have to get mind from, literally, because if not, like, you know, one of my ultimate, like, all-time movies, and this isn't even, like, a scary movie or it's more considered, like, a thriller, um, Shutter Island, that movie at the end, you're like, whoa, and I've seen it, I've seen it, I've overseen that movie, and still, it's like, whoa, like, what, what is the movie about, like, what's even true anymore, so do you feel that you have, do you have, like, a scary movie or something like that, that really got into your head, that you really felt scared, that wasn't really considered, no. um, no, have you come no, across any of yet. those movies yet? Not yet? The only, no, the only movie that's probably scared me 
well, it's probably just the opening, the opening of Saving Private Ryan when the soldiers, when the American soldiers land land on the uh, on the Japanese beach. That's probably mm-hmm. one of the most terrifying things ever. It it just felt like you were in there and you were you were just one of those scared soldiers, one of those scared kids, not the soldiers, kids running into battle to get shot at, and just running straight into bullets. It was one of the most terrifying sequences I've ever seen in like cinematic history. I've never been scared more than I have seen the opening of Saving Private Ryan. It was terrifying. So if anybody's seen the opening, you'd think that'd be the most scariest thing you'd ever witness. And it tells you that. <laughs> that's not, that probably doesn't even come close to how war is, actually is. So imagine being there in the heat of the battle and the soldiers who had to go out there and fight for, you know, this country. Definitely. I mean, I don't no know. No horror movie has, has ever scared me as much as this yeah. war movie did. Is there any, like, scary flicks that are soon to come out since we are in the dear month of October, you know? We get closer to um, our holiday. Um, I don't I don't know. I know, you know, right? I don't Insidious think... came out. Insidious came out. I mean, I don't see... Yeah, but Actually, all those movies came out in the them. summer. You would, think, you would think that those movies would have been pushed more towards October, but they all came out in the summer. Yeah, I don't see much of horror movies coming out in October anymore. Hmm. Didn't notice much, but there probably should be quite a few. Yeah, all the probably movies that are like coming out now are like the family flicks and stuff like that for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that crazy stuff. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, some more news here. Next bit of news. Um, David Fincher, he directed Fight Club. Anyways, there's this. There's this movie that's uh, in uh, pre-production. Well, not really. Still, it's still being written. It's called Black Hole. It's based off a graphic novel. Uh, mm-hmm. The graphic novel is about. It's in the suburbs in Seattle during the mid like 1960s, and it follows a group of like middle-class teenagers who, over the summer, they contract some sort of mysterious sexually transmitted disease known as the bug or the teen which then causes them to like, develop weird, different, like, unique physical mutations. And it turns them into, like, social outcasts. So it focuses on, like, these four characters, and it goes back and forth between their stories. And, uh, as they, uh, you know, and it tells you how they came in contact with the disease and everything. And it, it, goes, it goes, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like um, this sort of very uh, dramatic, Type thing, kind of, I get, it was kind of at the time I think around when like AIDS came around, mm-hmm. when it really became known, and it was mm-hmm. pretty revel- relevant at that time. So it was, uh, it probably made sense. The 1970s was really rele- it was relevant at that time when all that happened. This came out, you know, 1995 and stuff. This this comic, the graphic novel. Yeah, that's what it's about. You know, the kids with that, with those like you know, with the with the with the diseases, and apparently it's a very uh eerie comic book like it's very odd and it's very and it keeps and, it, and it, 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 it's unsettling that's what it is it's very it's very unsettling and you know for some people i've heard they said that david fincher was the perfect that they, they had in mind they were fans of the comic that they had in mind that david fincher would be the perfect director for this movie 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've never actually read the comic book, but now that I've heard about it, I, I want to. I want to read the graphic novel. I actually want to read it and see what it's about. And it's be, and, and, and David Fincher was originally announced before, but then he left, and now he's back possibly to direct it. So that's the news for that. And I really like David Fincher. Uh, he's one of these um, very uh, uh, picky directors, and he has a and it's, and that and I think that the reason he is is because he knows what's good and what's bad. And if he's going to be directing this, and I'm definitely going to go see this movie, and I'm pretty excited okay. to see more of it. So yeah, okay. David Fincher's next movie will be Black Hole. Sounds interesting. I mean, I I know we still have to put up the the gravity um the review on gravity. But what were your thoughts on that movie? I know we kind of oh, mentioned it is, last week, but um, yeah, that you know the movie was brilliant, Oscar-worthy brilliant. And if it doesn't at least win the Oscar for best directing, then I'm going to lose faith in the Academy. The Academy has been way too political, and it's all popularity content. And I feel that even Sandra Bullock deserves an Oscar for this movie for Best best Lead Actress, Female Actress, and, oh yeah, Actress. And, you know, she's not really, uh, the Academy is not very, really like her. She finally mm-hmm. got her first Oscar with The Blind Side. And yeah, that was a good movie, though. I feel, I feel like the Academy is just, you know, a bunch of pretentious people, and I really I really don't think they give the people, they don't give the Oscars to the right people all the time. Yeah. People really deserve it. And so many people get snubbed at the Oscars. So many great actors. Gary Oldman has not gotten an Oscar. And that's, that's disappointing. I feel well, like the Golden Globes are the only ones giving away the right right rewards to the right people. Yeah, I think I don't know about Gary Oldman, I mean, I uh, he he's definitely a great actor and he has really pushed himself and he he's has played and I guess several roles already that he should won up should have won Oscars for. That she he had should have been nominated for. You know No no. I still think I mean, he should have won for several roles, but the the Oscars have been are notorious the Academy is notorious for their for for their snubbing certain actors and directors at and movies at you know, you know what it's Oscars. like a little political it's like a little government and within you know um the union and the act, screen union uh actors guild whatever uh you know it's it's just like anything else like we we are the citizens of the country and supposedly we vote for what we want and stuff like that but at the end of the day the people that are really choosing and picking are the ones in there you know the ones part of the panel the ones part of the government or whoever so i feel like the oscars and stuff like that whoever's in there really choosing or voting for the people that they want you know those are the ones that have to stay in it at the end and you never know i i know i, I don't know what are the conflicts of interest? It, it really, and I'm not the only one. There's several people who have thought this. Even when it first premiered, it was already people were just excited for how great this movie was. I knew it was coming. He's a fantastic director, and he doesn't direct a lot of movies to tell you. But all the movies he's ever directed have all been brilliant. And the first time I saw him was in Harry Potter in the Prisoner of Azkaban. 
And that was probably my favorite Harry Potter and still is. It completely, you know, it changed the whole tone of the Harry Potter series with that movie. That movie yeah. just would just snap, just made everything so much mature and darker and really took it in the right direction. Yeah, that's really when Harry Potter made that dark turn, that twist, because the first two movies were all happy, dappity, dippity, whatever. And then Yeah, like, they had they had their dark moments. They had their very few dark moments in those movies, but it was nothing compared yeah. to what came after that. <laughs> Yeah, like after the like I said, like once that third one hit, and then like even Dumbledore changed. Remember, like we were we would have like this like this theory, like this confidence, like bro, that's not the same Dumbledore. Like it's just not, it's not the same dude. Yeah, the, and then we finally the original, figured it out. Yeah. The original, the original had passed actor. away. Mhm. He passed away in the filming of that movie. And yeah. I even feel that this new Dumbledore, he was even a little younger. Like he really, and he he seemed more oh, yeah, alive than the other one. Yeah. Because the other one, he was just so, like, subtle and, like, very fragile. calm. Yeah, very fragile. You can see it even in his tone of voice, you know. But then, definitely, I mean. And then I think Gary was in the third and the fourth a little bit, and in the fifth, he dies. So it was, like, a very short thing for him, but he certainly made an impact in the Six. story. Six. Six. He said he mm-hmm. in the sixth? Yes, yes, but still, four words. <laughs> Some people haven't read, read or seen Harry Potter. Anyway, uh, we have okay. to start wrapping up now. True. Okay, so where yes, can they find you? Uh, yeah, you can uh, find me on. You can check. You can check out my column at thesalsamarinashow dot com, and you can check me out on Twitter, Tumblr, um, Instagram, and Facebook at the Real Robert H. And the same thing on YouTube. Look for That's the Movie or the Sasha Marina Show. And, you know, like those videos, subscribe, comment, share them. Yeah, after Robert's been pushing it, there's actually been a couple uh, comments and stuff on his videos. So we really, like, you know, inspire people to, like, go ahead and watch it. And maybe he'll save you a trip to the movie theaters, depending on his review. So definitely. Oh, and mention that Robert is now a host for another Blog Talk radio show, which is called Positive Teen Talk. His first segment, well, his first uh, show with his segment Live with Robert is this Wednesday, October 9th uh, at 4.30 p.m. It's called Live with Robert on Positive Teen Talk, so make sure you tune into that and 3.30 p.m. uh, Eastern Standard, right? 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. 4.30, 4.30, 430, 430, 430, yeah. Yes. And that's your time. So, Cali time, PST time will be 1.30, just for everybody yep. from coast to coast. Okay? So, thank you All so right. much, everyone, for tuning in and listening to Robert's segment. Thank you, bro. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.